0: It's colder than the coast of
1: falcon and the winter soldier episode six season one and there are no more seasons because it's a movie now haha <laughs> welcome to the hbo boys podcast with ryan and james so like and subscribe yeah that was a very hype intro
0: yeah we're talking about the final episode of falcon and the winter soldier it's
1: called should have had this before you started also comma where's chad Okay, yeah, but to address the elephant in the
0: room, uh, it is—is is it Chad? It's me and Ryan here today. Uh, Chad's not with us no. uh, anymore at all. Oh
1: come on! And that's—that's uh,
0: and- <laughs> that's a bit much. And I know people. Chad's are- dead. <laughs> uh, well, I know people are wondering about what happened, and uh, you know our PR team has told us not to get too in the weeds about it. Uh, suffice it to say, and I'm sure you all know by now, but like. What happened with Chad in that bar in Reykjavik, uh, we don't condone that. But I will say, uh, (laughs) the the fans were being incredibly pushy.
1: Right, he did push that girl to the ground, and then her eyes went pure black, just like opaque black. She then consumed him, just kind of like enveloped him with her skin, and uh, he hasn't been seen since. And that was 15 years ago. Favorite of the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I made a lot of predictions. I don't know if you listened to the last
0: ep. I don't know if you listened to any of these, but I I have <laughs> listened to some of them. <laughs> I made a lot of pre- predictions in the last app, and some of them came true, but some uh, did not. And and I don't I don't love all the decisions that they made story wise, but in terms of entertainment value, I really liked this episode.
1: It was pretty good, actually. Uh And, you know, I think the context of this is after WandaVision, I came in to this specific miniseries with very low expectations. It had two characters I cared very little about. I wasn't convinced that at the end of it, no matter what happened, I was going to care any more about them. For one of those characters, that was true. For one of those characters, it false. So, I, I, but this episode specifically was pretty good, although I think, and we'll talk about it at the end, obviously, but it has one of the worst post-credit scenes in Marvel history. I, I'll call it the worst, and some of the worst characters, I'll say, now that we're at the end of this miniseries, uh-huh. were in it, and by worst, I just mean like I cared zero about them the entire time, and when revelations about them happened, I was like... <laughs> Who cares? There were things about the main villains
0: that when when their motivation was discussed, I was like, that was their motivation? I literally thought this entire time their motivation was the opposite. <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll get into it. And before we do, guys, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash HBO Boys. There's bonus content and a patron's only Discord and Ryan will shout out your name at the end of the last episode. You could make your name something really obscene or embarrassing, or just a straight-up ad, and we'll read it for a dollar.
1: That's true, although there are limits to the obscene words that I will say. I will not be cancelled for your patron name giving us a dollar, but you know what? Try to find the line. It'll be a fun game.
0: The last episode ended with the Flag Smashers attacking the GRC, which is like... The International Commission on how to oppress uh, the 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 not blipped people actually, which again, I had completely misunderstood who the GRC was imp- oppressing this entire time. I thought they were oppressing the people who got blipped back. Apparently, they're oppressing everyone else. <laughs> what? Yes, Th- that is not what I picked up on. Yeah, the GRC. The issue was not that they were mistreating. The people who got blipped back, they were mistreating the ones who did not get snapped in the first place.
1: So Carly and the flag smashers, people who did get blipped. No, were like, no, 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 no. No, no. They were not blipped. <laughs> oh
0: my god. It is so sad. I know, man. You I, know what? <laughs> I was really surprised when, I was like, oh okay. I thought the exact opposite was the case. <laughs>
1: I think that's. Uh, I want to believe it's not my fault that I didn't figure that out in six episodes, and I'm sure I knew right. it. Well, it's not. It's not a thing point, of like, oh, just I didn't, didn't pick, pick up on it.
0: it. I to whatever was communicated to me led me to the wrong <laughs> understanding. Like,
1: yeah, their motivation was bad, and it I think has to do a lot with a entire storyline that has now been confirmed to be taken out. We'll talk about it at the end of the show! So because of this hostage
0: situation, Bucky and Sam and even Sharon are gonna do a Mission Impossible to save them.
1: Uh, Ugg City. Why is Sharon here? I don't
0: want her here. And her reveal is so dumb. She's like, hey, Winter Soldier, are you supposed to be here? And it's some like shield r- grunt. But then it's like, ha ha, I take off my Mission Impossible mask, and it's me, Sharon Carter. I'm here for some reason.
1: Oh my god. Aren't you supposed to be exiled? (laughs) Yeah, you'd think so, but I have this dope mask that makes me look like a dude, and I'm here now, and nobody around me, all the hundreds of people around me can't see me. Let's move on with our lives. So, Sharon and, and Bucky
0: are coming in through the ground floor, but then Sam flies through the window in his, like, Wakanda-made flying Captain America suit and shield. And I thought he looked really fucking cool this way. I thought it was a cool outfit. I'm not familiar with the comics, if this is the same one that he wears in the comics, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good, like, hybrid of, of his old suit and and, and Steve's suit.
1: Yeah! Uh, phase 4 costumes have been very, very cool. I liked all the ones in WandaVision as well. They're just doing a very good job. The trailer for, help me, the ten rings. How many rings? Shang-Chi. Some amount of rings. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Ten rings. All the costumes in that trailer were really great as well. And uh, the question of, you know, is it similar to what was in the comics? You know who would have been able to answer that? Chad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's too bad he's been canceled. Too bad he is in the underworld.
0: So, there's a fight scene between Sam and Bartok, and I was so ready to just be annoyed because Bartok sucks, but then it was a pretty good fight scene, and it communicates quite well that, like, you know, Sam is not a super soldier, he doesn't have powers, he's just a good fighter, and there's been a time jump, it's not really clear how much time has passed, but he's gotten better with the shield, and he takes him down, and they find a lot of cool ways but like a combination of the flying and the shield. It makes him really distinct. It makes him really distinct from the way that Steve used to fight. And to me, it just looks really cool.
1: The amount of time that has passed is the amount of time it took for a montage to occur and for Sam to get much better at fighting with the shields. Plus his new super sweet outfit. Uh, I would say, yes, this fight scene was pretty great between, you know, once Falcon, now Captain America and George St. Pierre's character, Bar or Bar Taco or whatever you'd like to tell. I, you know, I just said, I just watched, um, Mortal Kombat and the fighting in said Mortal Kombat was cool, but they did very quick cuts. Like you could tell they were like, do one punch and then we'll switch and then you do another punch and you do switch again. And that was not this way. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode six, they had full choreographed fight scenes that you could tell they put a lot of time into. And there is a part of me where it's just like, Sam, maybe just take the serum. You'd be more interesting, much stronger. Obviously uh, I get the, the whole version of you is like, I'm Steve, but worse. Uh, and with wings. And we're supposed to be like, that's good. And I like that. Uh, I'm not sure I do take the serum. Maybe.
0: Right. I don't think there's any left at this point though. Um, I also kind of hoped that he would get superpowers at some point just because I like superpowers but I guess not it's okay
1: I mean he can just suck it out of John Walker like gas from a car while that's happening Bucky
0: and Sharon are doing Mission Impossible stuff Sharon takes out a flag smasher with like she like melts his skin and lungs with acid and kills him
1: yeah like nonchalantly The only part of the episode where I was like, okay, Sharon, I see you.
0: I just, I thought it was really random. I'm
1: like, okay, so are we just like torturing them to death
0: now? Was there no way to apprehend that
1: guy? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just supposed to get across that like, oh, you thought Sharon was a good guy? Nah, she bad.
0: Bucky chases after Carly on a motorcycle, and I think he wipes out Carly is driving an armored vehicle full of the hostages, and I don't know, the flag smashers are getting the better of Bucky when who should show up but John Walker in the Captain America suit with his tinfoil Captain America Shield, which he does not use to great effect. It like gets broken and and, and, and becomes impotent right away.
1: Yeah, he has he passes Medal of Honors like his multiple medals of honor on the back of the shield. I was like, Oh, that is not safe. Yeah. Those, those are, are going a destroyed. lot of money. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was glad to see him, you know, for a guy who had to delete his Twitter account because he was getting so much hate, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, just based on the general sentiment of the audience that the view on him has changed. I think a lot of people are looking forward to him. Spoiler alert, being in something in the future, in the MCU, I mean, he's a super soldier now. I would argue he is more interesting than Sam is.
0: Um. Uh, well, I mean, we can get into that,
1: but but uh, in okay. this in this fight
0: scene, at least, uh you know, he seems to be more or less like if there's like five flag smashers at once. Okay, that's not like a fair fight, but like individually, he can just kind of easily dispatch any of them. Even Carly does not like stand much of a chance against him, which makes sense. Because when he took the serum, he was a jacked professional soldier. And when she took the serum, she was just some scrawny indie kid, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you saw the videos of John Walker before the serum and those videos invoked a feeling of like, oh, that guy has been slipping serum in his cereal for years. But apparently he hasn't. So now he's super now
0: because she's getting her ass kicked, Carly tries to run away with one of the armored trucks full of hostages, and it it ends up uh, at a construction site and it's, you know, teetering off the edge and here we get, like, Walker's redemption moment, because he could chase after Carly and probably get his revenge but instead he chooses to, you know, do the Captain America thing and try to keep the truck from careening off and crashing and so it's clear at this point that Walker Although not a good Captain America, perhaps at some level, uh, still a good person.
1: He was redeemed in some amount or some way in this moment where he chose to save lives versus killing the people who killed his friend. And I didn't need this redemption but it was nice that it was there. This scene also reminded me, and I'm sure this is going to be the Venn diagram of people who watch this show and watch what I'm about to bring up. I bet it's very small. But if anyone saw the Power Rangers movie, like late 90s, when Ivan Ooze was attacking, did you see that?
0: Yeah, I probably saw it four or five times as a child.
1: Ah, cult classic. One of the best Power Rangers based movies ever made. Anyway, in the end scene, the adults are about to fall off into a construction site like go over a cliff and the kids have to make them not go over said cliff but with a fire hose you know the fire hose in John Walker's case was his immense strength and strong moral fortitude and i just kind of wanted to bring up Ivan Ooze because he was sick
0: while this is happening some other flag smashers taking away hostages in a helicopter it's a very, very haphazard plan they've got going here.
1: Yeah, but like. Two armored cars, a van, and a helicopter. <laughs> right. As I recall near the beginning of this series, you know, the first 10 minutes is an action set piece where Sam does some shit in the air, and you're like, oh, right. For him to be useful, he needs to be able to do some shit in the air. So in the finale episode, of course there's going to be some air shit, right? And there was. Uh, I am, like, almost sad to say I liked it and it was entertaining. I really liked it. I thought it looked great. I thought this was some of the best
0: action scenes in the whole Captain America series so far. I think they came up yeah. with a lot of cool stuff for Sam to be able to do, like, in the air with the shield. And uh, for me, it was really engaging. There's a moment where, like, he, he stops a police helicopter from crashing, lands it on a bridge... Or, you know, he lands the pilot on the bridge, and then the helicopter itself is going to come and crush him, but he, like, gets under his wings and the shield, and it deflects off him and lands in the Hudson or whatever, and everyone, like, starts cheering, and instead of sitting around to bask in it,
1: he just, like, takes off immediately,
0: and I thought that that was an awesome scene.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be contrary to what John Walker did, right? A bunch of people around him, and he decapitates people with the shield, Instead of doing that, Sam uses his wings as his shield and saves people. And then he's like, okay, cool. This fight's not over. I'm going to get on out of here. And then, you know, sadly, the bridge falls into the water anyway, because the Mothman's there. I have a terrible fever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that movie, though. The Mothman Prophecy.
1: I know you do. That's why I brought it up. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Then Sam arrives at the scene where John Walker was left hanging with the van, and and uh he's able to to save the hostages from falling off the construction site by like getting under the truck where it's falling, and then I, I don't specifically remember what happens. He uses the jetpack to like either push it all the way back up or let it land safely. Either way, everyone's saved. Everyone's saved, and then like. Also, him and John Walker like silently come to an accord like, hey, sorry, I broke your arm and humiliated you. That's okay. I guess I was acting a little weird, too. Let's let's agree to disagree.
1: And then the story is moved along by George St. Pierre sending smoke bombs in there and Carly's around and Carly runs away and they're like, oh, man, action set piece in a construction zone. (laughs) Ivan is would be so proud. And this is pretty lame. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was the lamest part by far of the entire show, not just the episode.
0: So the other flag smashers who are still trying to escape are being tracked through, and again, this was a very small part of the show. There's like a flag smasher app, and this is exactly what Ryan and I were talking about in Westworld season three. So like is this shit on the app store? (laughs) You
1: know, like how are people getting this? At one point, Bucky is like, Oh yeah, we have the app too. Like right. we could, do, we just download it. It was four ninety nine, bit pricey, but it was very useful.
0: Also, uh, now Apple has a comprehensive list of everyone who ever downloaded it, and they gave us your identities immediately.
1: Yeah, it took a picture <laughs> of your stupid ass face when you downloaded it. You dumb, dumb idiot boys.
0: And they catch them uh, non violently, and and then
1: Sam, Sam and Bucky uh,
0: exchanged, you know, it's a friendly banter.
1: Yeah, as they do, because they're the best of friends now. They're partners in crime. Wait, no. Hero. They're heroic partners. Uh, it gets worse. <laughs> it then- gets much worse instantly. In the
0: parking garage or construction site, whatever. Um, The first one to catch up with Carly is Sharon. dun 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 and She reveals that it was Sharon Carter. All along, I am the the power broker and uh, you should join me and together we'll rule the C plot.
1: And uh, (laughs) Carly says, honestly, you bringing up Agatha just there (laughs) made me hate it even more. (laughs) I forgot that like WandaVision kind of did something similar to this, but it was good. And it was a song written by the people who wrote, let it go. Okay. The timeless classic that is the frozen theme song. And, Agatha was a great character played by a great actress and all of that was done so very very well and then now it's like here's Sharon Carter someone you do not care about she kissed Steve one time do you care oh do you not remember crazy and now she's the power broker she's mad about being exiled she has crazy paintings and when you saw them in her house you should have been like hmm. That's weird, but you didn't. Anyway, she's the power broker. Bing, bang, boom. She has shot Carly, and now the uh, goddamn villain is dead, uh, killed by just, like, a normal lady. Great.
0: There's another really stupid part where, uh, uh, sorry if this term is no longer politically correct. During their Mexican standoff,
1: where... No, that's fine. Everyone (laughs) has agreed. Uh, The UN came together. It was 2018. Paper published at the end of the year that Mexican standoff is an A-OK term.
0: When Bartok shows up and And he's like, ah, uh, power broker, I will save you from Carly, but you'll have to double my fee or whatever. And she's like, no, and shoots him, and then Carly shoots her, and then it's like Carly is shot, and Sam shows up, and he's like, Carly, let's defuse the situation by being rational. And Carly's like, never, and she points the gun at Sam, and then Sharon takes her out. And it's very anticlimactic. And and th- honestly, I feel like when Carly dies and Sam is like holding her and with her last breath, all I wanted from Carly was for her to at least like remain defiant and be yep. a consistent character. And Sam, yep. she's like, I'm so sorry for all the things I've done. And I'm like, would
1: you just die with some conviction? <laughs> right. Say something about Mama Danya. Perfect. Say something about the rest of the Flag Smashers. Say something about what you've been fighting for. Right. You can so kill endlessly. a revolutionary, but you can't kill the revol- the, uh, the ideals I stood for or something. <laughs> but instead, you're like, oh,
0: my bad. I was wrong. The,
1: the fuck?
0: I was wrong, and now uh, I'm going to, right before I die, accept Jesus into my heart. Blah, and then she's in heaven. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm so far. I haven't been a Christian this entire time, and now I am. by <laughs> This scene, the next
0: one, was was both good and bad. It was kind of underwritten. So the GRC members now liberated are on TV, and they're like, "Look what happened! This is just more proof that we need to oppress everyone harder." And (laughs) Sam shows up, and he's like, "Don't you see? Carly is dead. This character who was tragically misunderstood, uh,
1: but was a Robin Hood esque." outlaw Honestly, for justice just read the whole five minute fucking monologue like <laughs> it went on I, way too I, I, yeah just don't it went on for so long as it started i was relieved because the scene beforehand was so terrible right and so he starts talking i'm like okay isaiah bradley's gonna like this he's the new captain america he's embodying that role he's doing a very good job yes. His two one or one or two minute monologue is going to really get his point across Fifteen minutes later.
0: Fuck! Why are you still talking? And I, I did like the parts where, like, people around the world watching this on TV. Wow, Captain America is black now, and and he's, you know, <laughs> he's he's kind of speaking out in the ways that, like, Steve never actually did, right? And is and, and yes, and he's he's, yes. he's
1: speaking the truth to power. Yes, Steve was like the Jay Leno of superheroes, right? He didn't really take a side. He didn't ruffle any feathers. And Sam does not get that luxury. He's just like, by the way, you're all racist. I'm Captain America.
0: And he starts out by making a good point. He's like, yes, the Flag Smashers were violent, and what they did was wrong. However, we should look at the material conditions which caused them to become radicalized and, and resort to violence in the first
1: place. You know, Alan- Yeah, and the Senators are like, oh, but it's hard.
0: Right. And And then it just goes on and on and on
1: just basically circling
0: around that same point and and there's also i feel like he undermines it by saying like more or less by empathizing with carly being like look at this poor young girl and it's, you know this innocent little girl who is like dude she's a murderer she murdered innocent people she was gonna murder a, a dozens more innocent people tonight if you hadn't stopped her uh,
1: and you by the way right
0: and specifically you and so that that, that part kind of undermined his point, I thought. Because, like, there is a broader movement of people that supported Carly because of the aforementioned material conditions. But Carly herself, not a very sympathetic character to invoke, seeing how, uh, not just in previous episodes, but in this very episode, she was like, oh, we're not getting what we want? Kill all the hostages. And even, I mean, like, we her, talk her about own now. followers were like, is this is really... Uh, is this what's gonna win people over like
1: (laughs) no we can talk about it now the evil the bad guys in this show were bad it was the worst part of it the flag smashers were paper thin carly as a character was as good as it got and still wasn't that great i cared about zero people under her sharon as like a pseudo bad guy 0%. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, as like a fun anti-hero bad guy, is the person I'm most looking forward to seeing in the future. John Walker, obviously. Like, that was the best part on a bad guy spectrum. And this, it totally went
0: against my predictions for how this episode was going to go. And I wonder if they made the wrong choice here and they kind of bitched out. Because, like, how much better would it have been Uh, Chad's version of events? Sam is able to reach Carly they talk down and come to some kind of accord as soon as like things are worked out and like Sam Sam is like out the door John Walker comes in and slaughters the flag smashers and then he's like look I I represent true justice I have killed the criminals and then Sam's like no what you've done is wrong and then they have a captain america fight and it's John who represents america's empire versus sam who represents america as force for good in the world and they kind of fight it out and and they have a cap off and in the end like john walker's kind of violent barbaric view of america's role is defeated by sam's sort of uh diplomatic understanding view of america uh what its role could be right and and make center the final set piece around a a Sam and John confrontation because John's just a better villain than Carly is.
1: Yeah, that is better. The fan fiction that you just read or allowed by the past 15 years gone enveloped Chad is better than what happened. I think the problem with it is that it has very little to do with Bucky. And he's in the He already had shows. nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> he really didn't. Like, that's... I was about to say, like, it has nothing to do with Bucky, what you just said. But honestly, the main storyline, would actually happen had very little to do with Bucky. Which I would argue is a detriment. Because I like him much more than I like Sam. But I'm sure, you know, people don't feel that way. A lot of people like Sam. I'm just being a hater. Because I think he sucks. <laughs> The resolution is that
0: Sam's words resonate across the world and also reach the hearts of the the GRC members. And they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're right. We're going to stop needlessly oppressing people. That was an option all along, apparently. (laughs) Again, let's just quickly talk about what was happening here and we'll see if it's what you thought was happening. The GRC was moving forward with a plan to relocate The people who, post-SNAP, either moved to new countries which needed an influx of people or moved into new accommodations or positions in society which were vacated by the people disappearing in the SNAP and it improved their lives and it improved their social standing. And the GRC's plan would basically send everyone back to where they came from, more or less, like, return to your lot in life where you were five years ago. and Yeah. That's yeah that part I think I got. I, mean, I did not understand that. I thought it was kind of like the people who were blipped back. It's like, no, man, we already have an established world order. There's no room for you. You guys were gone. We wrote you off. Good luck, right? Because wouldn't that also mirror Sam's situation at the beginning of the show? I thought that's kind of why he... I thought that's why he kind of was able to... to to understand Carly because it was like happening to him at the bank. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah, that could have been better. But no, I understand. I think it's just a I mean, I, probably may, more senators got blipped than didn't get blipped. Like mm-hmm. it, it just feels like an impression that's coming from a personal vendetta against the other people. Because how dare they? I, I, Thanos did this to me.
0: Okay, and so I guess at the end they decide to not do that plan. They don't say what they're going to do instead. I guess they're just going to table that and go back to committee. And we assume yeah, that whatever I they mean, come up with next will
1: be better. <clears throat> right. They put it out there and we're like, are people going to watch this? And then they did. And then they give the showrunner Captain America 4, which is a real thing now. Then the, like, the actual
0: ending to this is that, like, the other Flag Smashers are carted off into a paddy wagon, and then they explode. And it turns out that it was Zemo's butler who did it, which is great. Mm -hmm. I was
1: so happy with that,
0: and I was happy that Bartok died and Carly died. I think those were all good, creative decisions to make.
1: Yeah, I like that Alfred exploded them. That was positive. And that Zemo had anything to do with the actual end of the show, which would infer that he'll have more to do in the future. And we'll get off that floating prison island uh, and hopefully have something to do with Julia Louis-Dreyfus.
0: Right. And I look forward to the Flag Smashers and Carly never again being referenced in the MCU, which is, I'm sure, going to be the case.
1: Oh, absolutely. They're going to run away from this so goddamn fast. (laughs) They didn't like it from the beginning. I have a feeling Kevin Feige hates them. Just like as ideas. uh, And I think he gutted the show in some way that morgan what's his gosh dang name spellman i believe Mm -hmm. the showrunner was quoted as saying i've been told to stop saying that referring to the lost storyline i loved it again referring to the storyline and it had nothing to do with the pandemic i don't know if i believe you i want to see if we can get some writers to do like a book run or a comic book if kevin lets us but i've been told to stop talking about it and that's the end of the quote but uh, I have bad news, dude. You just talked about it. Right. Also, it's not about the pandemic. It was there was a a, a truck full of vaccines at the beginning and that just went away. And what else would it have been about that Kevin Feige was like, "Nope, take one to two episodes of content out of there."
0: We then get a bunch of character resolution scenes that I really liked. First, John Walker and his wife are meeting with Val and she hooks him up with a new suit and a new shield and you're not going to be Captain America anymore because that, that didn't work. Instead, you'll be U.S. Agent, which is, I guess, the character he is in the comic book. So uh, he's kind of now uh, closed that character arc and ready to start out as like a new superhero.
1: Yeah, I think it's an amalgamation of comic book characters. I do also like his line there where he's like it's like the old one but black
0: and again we see and and i I mentioned this or i or perhaps i meant to but like in episode two when john and and uh god his friend who died Battlestar what was his real name lamar like when they first show up to fight the flag smashers they have this real like bro boyish charm to them like there's a moment where lamar almost falls and john catches him with the shield and then he kind of looks over to him like you okay and lamar gives him a big smile and thumbs up and then john gives him a big like smile and thumbs up and like you know it it, it, it seemed like they were just kind of cool guys maybe like just dumb dumb nice guys uh and yeah it turns out john not that nice uh sometimes But again, you see that again here in the scene where he's like, all right, I'm back, baby. He just seems like a a fun dummy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when he's having a good time and people are on his side and they believe in him, he has the ability to be charismatic. That's why he got the job as Captain America in the first place, you know, other than being just an Aryan generally. But he is an all-American guy. Except for now, his best friend was murdered, and he has an underlying rage that I'm sure will inform the rest of his life.
0: Then we see Bucky go back to... Old Japanese man for episode one. Go, go in Wikipedia's name, if it matters to you. And he confesses to him the sad truth that, like, I, I was the one who killed your son. That's the mystery. He was murdered by me. And when he asks him why he basically said i i i was forced to do it and then we kind of see him walking away he passes by the sushi restaurant and looks in at the girl that he was on a date with but she doesn't acknowledge him and so we kind of see that the cost of doing the right thing is him losing this community that he was trying to be a part of but he makes that sacrifice uh in the name of telling the truth, basically, and making a
1: Yeah, and the old man is smiling. So you get the idea that it has also helped him move along in his life. We then also see that Bucky gives his little book, the one that Steve gave him to his therapist, and was like, I'm done, I've written, and I've crossed off all the names in this book, and I've apologized to everybody. But also, like, that was Steve's book. Keep it, right? Yeah, put it in the Steve Museum. And don't give it to a random therapist who is just like, by the way, uh, you have gone against your parole for sure. That bar episode where he beats up people in the bar and people are taking uh fucking videos on their phones, never came back up. Wanted that to happen very bad. They wanted him to go back to jail. Right. I don't know why. He was why, in the bar didn't... in
0: Reykjavik and he, that woman was trying to get a Are
1: you the winter soldier? Will you sign this? Yeah. Right. Well, he was trying to save Chad, but to no avail. Then we get
0: a really nice scene Sam goes back to see Isaiah Bradley and and we find out that like he has convinced him he's like you know I I didn't believe it would work I didn't believe this could ever be done but seeing you on on TV that night and 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 hearing what you had to say like you made me believe it was possible that we could have a Black Captain America and from now on I'm rooting for you and 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 Sam's like and you know what I think I think I can try to make things right for you a little bit as well, Isaiah. And he takes him to Steve's Captain America Museum, and we see that they have installed an exhibition which tells Isaiah's story as, like, the second secret Captain America. And so now the truth will be told. Again, that's, like, one of the big narrative themes of this episode is that, like, the truth will set you free. And and Isaiah is so overcome with emotion, and he, he tears up a little bit, and he embraces Sam. And this was a nice moment. Uh, nothing, nothing to undercut it. I, I did kind of think, like, gee, if this was me, I would have been liked to be consulted on this.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, me, personally, I was like, I'd like to read the plaque first. Right. What does the plaque say? Does it give 100% of the truth? Does it say the part where they wouldn't let me leave the prison and did experiments on me? Right. And told did my family it, like, I was dead? <laughs> right. like, Or is it giving, like, the gumdrops and rainbows version and you know that's also cool but it's not as cool as telling the truth sam so i wanted to read the plaque very badly but we didn't get a chance
0: and then the final scene is back at the boat i mean they just they, they already did this last episode they just do it again the community's getting together around the boat everyone's celebrating
1: yeah, We're he re- gets invited boat. to the barbecue
0: right it's a uh, it's bucky's there and 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 his sisters there, and her kids are there, and everyone's having a great time and celebrating. I don't know that the flag smashers are dead. And it's a montage again, and the, the the his his nephews are like playing, you know, hero with the shield, and it's a nice, heartwarming ending. And overall, I thought yeah. I thought <laughs> all these resolution scenes were pretty good.
1: Um, yeah, they were fine. They were, you know, they came after the context of them is that they came after the Mexican standoff Sharon ending, which was bad. They came after the five-minute long monologue by Sam, the first three minutes of which were pretty good, the last two minutes of which were kind of terrible. And then, you know, you got montage after montage after montage that is wrapping up characters, and they did a pretty good job. Like, this part, I, we did mention last time, or perhaps you guys did. I don't remember. The past... But you know, the end of episode five was kind of also like the end of the show. They did the end of the show twice, and I liked this end of the show better. There were more fun moments. Uh, the kids hanging off of Bucky's arm was cute as heck. Uh, you know, it, it was giving me, it was making me smile, even though I was like, "Ha, this show is kind of bad."
0: And. After it runs through, like you know, at the end of a Marvel movie, there's like two sets of credits. There's like the
1: cool set,
0: and then there's the normal set.
1: So you see the cool set of
0: credits. It's different from the last five episodes. Yeah,
1: hold, hold on. So after James watched this episode, Chad and I had not already watched it, and he said something to the effect of, "You know, so I'll not spoil anything, but just hypothetically, which character of the Falcon and Winter Soldier cast would you be least excited about having their future role in the MCU?" be teased in the after credit scene and then i made a list of 21 people and it from the bottom up uh starting with the person i would be most excited by seeing to the least excited i said baron zemo although i think i take that back now in retrospect because we kind of got the end for him yeah we i then said john walker which I also kind of take back. We get the end for him too with Judah Lord Travis and his. Uh, this is this is Black, Bucky Barnes, Falcon, Mama Danya comes back from the dead. She's mm-hmm. a zombie, amazing. And that would be amazing. Valentina Allegra De Fontaine, Eli Bradley, George Bartok, Carly Montague. She's back from the dead as well. Ao, honestly, now that I think about this more, I would have liked a Wakanda post-credit scene that we did not get. But, you know, Sarah Wilson, Isaiah Bradley the second time? No, I uh, have Eli Bradley, yeah. uh, The therapist, Nico, Diego, Didi, Gigi, Dovich. You know, those are a lot of names that you don't know or don't care about. Any senator is number three. Number two, Sharon Carter, and one, Joaquin Torres. Uh, and then I was like, you know, as long as it's not like the top three, like any senator, Sharon or Joaquin, uh, then I'll be fine. Now, now you go.
0: At, well, as you said at the top of the show,
1: probably the lamest and least exciting after credit scene of all
0: time. Um, Sharon Carter it, it has her record expunged, and she's offered her job back. Her job, by the way, was as a secret SHIELD operative, and SHIELD no longer exists, so pretty weird that they're offering her that job back, but anyway.
1: Uh... Yeah, and by the way, if y'all care, Chad's review of the episode was so good so he is very positive about the episode you know just in case you care about podcast continuity as i do
0: and then once she leaves the hearing she says you know into her phone very loudly for anyone standing around to hear haha i've done it i've pulled one over the u.s government and now as the power broker and also as a super spy i'll be able to play both sides and come out on top no matter what happens. Ha 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 ha. ha. And then she gets into her car and that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah she does that on the front steps. Like what the what amount of hubris doing it near where she <laughs> Wait, just you were going to be meeting. in your car very shortly. Like you could have set it in there. Chad by the way also said I don't understand the Sharon Carter hate. I don't particularly like her character, but she wasn't that bad. And I disagree her cheeks, like her upper cheeks and her whole character. Mostly her cheeks though very upsetting. I don't find that actress
0: to be very good. I don't know. Is she in
1: anything else? I don't know. But if she is in something else, I don't want to watch it. I don't think she's a very good actor. I think
0: Sharon Carter is a really boring character. Very Uh, boring. And I was not interested to find out what happened to her uh, after the events of Civil War. She was not even meant to have a large role in Civil War. That was added in uh in in uh reshoots and so whatever she's the 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 power broker. I I'll be shocked if that hanging thread is not just abandoned like many many things are in the MCU.
1: No, man, I think it's not going to be abandoned and the MCU is going to be worse for it. Uh I think it's the second worst thing to come out of this show behind the fact that Kevin Feige you know, made the showrunner change a large portion of it, which, you know, we didn't get anything like that from the WandaVision show after it came out. And,
0: yeah, I would say I liked this episode. It had a lot of the same problems that the entire show has had. I, I was probably the most entertained by it than any others. Um, I think that the show's strongest when it's focusing on character development, which they had some nice character development in the last episode. They had some nice character arc resolution in this episode. Those moments were nice. The action scenes were nice. The shit falls apart with the Marvel villain problem, where, like, John was too good of a villain, and so they had to rehabilitate him. And they're like, well, this is a Marvel movie, and so we need dog shit villains, and so we'll make John good, and we'll stick with Carly and Sharon. And, and they're really bad. And... There's been a conversation now, again, that like, oh, Marvel still has a villain problem. The villains are not good. Also, Marvel has, like, a women problem where the women character uh, are, are just, like, poorly written or kind of samey. And I agree that that is an issue. But, we, I mean, we did just come out of WandaVision where we had a very strong female lead and a very strong female antagonist. And, again, people misinterpret this all the time. A strong female character does not have literal strength. Strong in this context refers to well-written, right? (laughs) uh, A lot of people seem to misunderstand that.
1: She's also one of the strongest MCU characters around. But yeah, the fact that we have to bring up WandaVision as like the one possible version of, oh, hey, look, they did it well this time, is sad. They have a terrible problem writing interesting and non-one-dimensional women they're gonna have a black widow movie coming out very soon and i'm right and maybe that'll be very well written well. but they
0: already killed that character
1: <laughs> yeah marvel by the way reportedly offering millie bobby brown of uh stranger things and Ugh. godzilla vs kong fame multi-project mcu deal i do not get the hype
0: around her uh, she was good in season one of stranger things i whenever she has to play a character that is not a a f- freaky cyborg girl she has not done a great job in my opinion i don't understand why she is uh the toast of the town get the redheaded girl from stranger things season
1: yeah she's great with three, 3
0: she's much better
1: <laughs> you know there have been a lot of announcements this week that were and are going to change my TV watching future. That being one of them. The Perry Mason season 2 announcements. The one that has changed my mind the most. And I think is indicative of you know how Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in my brain. I saw the House of the Dragon announcement. Like they were all sitting around a table. And doing the read. And then they did on screen. Or on like on set photos came out of matt smith and the rest of the cast uh, as they are now shooting house of the dragon and i was like even in a world where the last few seasons of that show get lambasted so hard and the audience of that show that is thought to be you know one of the greatest shows of all time up until a point are so like uh, hurt by the ending And then this House of the Dragon thing comes out, and everyone's just like, well, as long as Dave and Dave aren't a part of it. But I'm not that guy, okay? I saw the House of the Dragon stuff, and I was like, oh, my God. I cannot wait. And that is a feeling I have never had for an MCU show. It's a feeling I had after WandaVision, you know, when WandaVision was done because it was really, really great. And I have it, like, halfway there for Loki. Because Tom Hiddleston is the best and Owen Wilson's in it. And it's another version of Loki that I think is the more interesting version of the character. But MCU has, and we've talked about this before, I think a major problem in, like, they've stopped taking major swings. And it's very obvious that they are trying to do character studies, but they're bad at writing characters.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I I think a big factor in a lot of this MCU shit is, like, who they get to write direct, basically. And sometimes they do kind of, like, hit it off with uh, with some really talented people who come up with some really interesting things. And then when they make the safe choice, it just seems to fail. Like, do you remember that, like, Edgar Wright almost wrote and directed Ant-Man? Mm-hmm.
1: And then they chickened out. They're like, no, this script is too interesting. Get us someone worse. I'm sure that's <laughs> not what they said, and I know that's a direct quote from you. You have definitely said that quote before. It like knocked the back of my brain. That has happened before. I the goddamn the black cat and the matrix just occurred, but yes, that would have been amazing. And I liked Ant Man one, but what could it have been? Because and it's uh, you know Marvel has a very long line that they get like they get away with doing very safe stories because uh, the Avengers series was so good. The end fight was generationally going to be remembered. Ira will remember it. I watch it on YouTube every two weeks. They hit so many balls out of the park that it feels like they have their eyes closed in the batter's box now. And they're like, well, we got to get Disney plus subscriptions and that's not how it used to be. Disney Plus subscriptions, the way they get those is in a very different way than they get people to go to the theaters, and it is like a side effect of, I think shows and movies are going to get less money, and I think they're going to be less interesting because they are selling the next one, not making you like this one, which is a bummer, because, you know, entertainment is supposed to make you feel good, not bad. Yeah, well, so
0: can we talk a bit about uh, predictions here? Do you think uh, that they are putting together the Bad Avengers and and John Walker will be the leader?
1: I think mm, Julia Louis-Dreyfus will be the leader, or Zemo, in fact, will be the leader. One of them will be the the spearhead, but absolutely. I think they're uh, basically doing their own version of the Suicide Squad... Uh, sans the suicide, and we'll see if that is interesting or good. If John Walker's in it, I'll probably watch it. He's a great character.
0: And then, of course, there was the title card at the end, like Captain America and the Winter Soldier will return. And so, they, and now they've announced there's going to be a Captain America 4 starring Sam. And, and Bucky as his sidekick. And, I mean, that sounds interesting to me. I think the same writer-director is attached, which I, mean, yeah. I, I think yeah. he did fine. I think he did fine, especially... Considering that they probably hacked apart half of of the scripts he wrote, you know.
1: Oh, for sure. And I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to watch every Marvel movie. I'm too deep now. Okay? I can't go back. I am only a completionist with this one thing. So I'm not going to, like, give up now. But I'll tell you, I'm 0% interested slash looking forward to Captain America 4. It feels like the Ant-Man's to me. Which, by the way, I think the Ant-Man's... like. Are good movies, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. Who cares about a heist movie when there are gods fighting? Who cares about what Sam's doing with his wings and his cool shield on the ground of the earth while they're setting up like a multi dimensional Doctor Strange movie where there are going to be evils that are like, you know, in the background and could just like blink and have the earth disappear? Who gives a shit about stealing stuff from a bank or saving a bridge from the Mothman?
0: Yeah, well, uh, clearly you don't care. But I'm
1: sure some people do. Um, I like... I'm I'm, I'm a fan of the Captain
0: America series.
1: Oh my god, it's amazing. That's the worst part. (laughs) Captain America 1, 2, and 3 are very good movies. Civil War is great. Steve Rogers is an amazing character. He pulled him and, you know... Robert Downey Jr. pulled the Marvel Studios up by its goddamn bootstraps, which is why it's further disappointing.
0: Well, that's to so, me a place I'm where you and an I. am na- being a naysayer. I like <laughs> Anthony Mackie, and I like Sam. I me like, too. I like the oh no, the...
1: not the second thing.
0: <laughs> I l- I like the character detail that like aside from being a soldier, he's also like a PTSD counselor, and that's why his approach with the Flag Smashers was like, how can we connect with them in an attempt to deprogram them. And then the advice that he gives Bucky about how to heal from his trauma is so honest and and, and so poignant because he has that character backstory. And it's not like a lot of characters where it's like, oh, so, you, you know, when called upon, you can say something really meaningful because the writers need you to, right? For Sam, it's actually organic because he has that character background. And I think that that is an interesting backstory for a character to have, right? How many superheroes are licensed trauma counselors, you know?
1: Yeah, I like Bucky more than I do Sam. I always have I think he's more interesting, and it's mostly because he's more powerful like and it's which is by the way, like I can understand from another person's perspective how you know power doesn't make a character interesting to many people. Sadly, they, it does for me. I don't know, like, especially because, you know, just given the examples of, I think, the greatest moments in Marvel in the past are when two gods are fighting each other. Or, like, six to eight gods are fighting each other. And all the other people are helping, sort of. Those are, you know, you you, you climb the mountain to those moments. And then everything else in between, I, I you know, the, the non-cynical version is like, you know, just... Just go along for the ride. Don't be a dumb, dumb idiot. You keep saying, Ryan, that entertainment's supposed to port you away and that you're not supposed to take it too seriously. But see, honestly, like, the superhero stuff is the only place where I do this to myself and to our listeners, obviously. Where I am just, like, a complete naysayer because, um, I don't know. You reach the end of WandaVision, you're like, shit, that was good. They could do this all the time? The fuck? Right and they did not take too many
0: risks here narratively the risk was giving anthony mackey someone with a lower profile and yes yeah, someone who's black the mantle of captain america and you know i think this, it has sort of been divisive amongst you know the culture warriors who were like what no that's not steve why you're making it political cuz this guy is black and it's and... been divisive amongst the racists yes. if we're being honest uh, but you know that that is a problem in geek fandom. You also brought up Game of Thrones. Uh, they're doing they're adapting uh the Dance of the Dragons. They made a character yeah. who was meant to be of Valerian descent, uh, a black actor, and and I, I yeah. saw that and and I could not give a shit.
1: But again,
0: nope. nerds freaking out.
1: They're like, oh no, he doesn't look exactly well, I mean, the way I imagined. Listen, it. Like- the problem is. <laughs> Everybody in George R.R. R. Martin's books, like the majority of them are white because it's based off of English history. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to England, but the majority of the people there are white. So, uh, but I very much understand. They were like, listen, we did Game of Thrones and we made all the white people white. But I don't know if you guys have seen Hamilton or not, but you can make Thomas Jefferson not white. You can make James Madison not white. And everyone's just like fine with it if it's good. So, let's just go out on one limb for one character, and I'm sure everyone won't be racist, and they'll be fine with it. And turns out, not the case. But as long as he's good, who gives a shit?
0: Yeah, I agree. I've never seriously fucking been bothered by that shit, because most of the time, like, I don't form, like, if I'm reading a book series or whatever, I don't form extremely clear images of what the characters look like unless there's an illustration of them on the cover or something right and and after i see the film or tv adaptation of a novel whatever characters were presented on screen then like fossilizes how they look in my imagination from that point on you know
1: me too i mean there are going to be some people who are taken out of the story because they hear all of the context evidence of who this guy is and what they think he should be and they're like wait no that doesn't make any sense but, you know, there are going to be many other people who just, like, jump over that. They're like, okay, whatever. Who cares? What do you rate Falcon of the Winter Soldier? Uh, very positive
0: C plus, B minus. I I, mm. I I had a lot of problems with it. I, I fucking hate the Flag Smashers and Carly. But at the end of the day, I think I enjoyed watching it. And I did enjoy talking about it. Uh. A bit more than Wandavision, actually, which I enjoyed way more watching. But then, you know, as the talking went on, uh, it seemed uh, everything I said was just more and more baseless and stupid.
1: It's like, wow, this show really made me uh, wrong <laughs> a lot. Completely, like <laughs> <laughs> it was not James after all. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, for podcasting fodder, usually. And you've said this in the past: worse shows make better podcasts. Uh, and I don't know if that's, that's not for everybody, but it's obviously for you. And, uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you had fun making it. I had fun coming in here and being the drunk uncle of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier podcast and just like, you know, dropping in every now and again. Uh, and I look forward to the Loki podcast in the future, whoever does that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, uh, we'll do that. Maybe Chad and I will uh do that and you can join us or something or fill in for me or Chad when you know our, our our kids puke on our laptops or something like that um gladly and then Ryan and I will be back for more Justice League next week and then Ryan wants to review this fancy pants French show i told him that not... you know How I'm, dare you? I'm i'm kind of a cool guy
1: and this sounds like it'll be
0: cramping my style but whatever if if this is the route he wants to go
1: uh, no, it is Mayor of East Town. It's starring the beautiful and talented Kate Winslet doing a Philadelphia accent and she is killing it. And the show is very cool. It's a small town who done it. Everybody should watch it. And I want to do a show about it. And yeah, also, yeah, Justice League back next week, which I'm truly looking forward to after the last episode, which if everyone hasn't listened to, they should. Because we are now doing just, like, the Justice League every hour by the hour as a two-man show. And uh, it has revitalized the podcast for me. I love it now. And then also uh, the final episode of the
0: Westie Town Call of Cthulhu campaign. It's, uh, you know, look forward to it. It's coming down the road. It'll be on the Patreon first uh, with just uh, the major edits. And maybe I'll, I'll throw the background music in there as well. Because that's actually you know, somewhat easy to do. And then at some point after that I will throw up the completed fully produced version with sound effects and that will go up uh on the main feed probably uh a while after that. But both will take me a while. I'm I'm so I'm so very busy. I'm so I'm so tired. I have no free time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one at, like post I I'm truly sick right now. How mm-hmm. dare you? Get better, be better, you know? Also The third Westy town is the thing I'm looking forward to the most in the entire world. I was there when we made it and I liked it very much. So I can't wait. Also. Yeah. Patreon.com slash HBO boys. H B O B O I Z for one or more dollar a month. You get a bunch of extra bonus content. Exactly what James just said. Also our patrons are. Jamie Lockner, Anthony Wells, Harboil, Greg, Dave Lemon, podcast, Dan, Josh, my dog, Anthony's unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brinkin, Dale, Levin Westworld, Craig, John, Juris, Major, Woody, and Carol, Andreas. Thank you for the cash that you have sent to us. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and then join us here next week, uh, Justice League, and then after that, La Mere of his town, uh, coming, and then that. after
1: that, Heluke. Okay. It was my accent, <laughs> good. It was beautiful. Did you like it?
0: I did. Do it
1: again. You didn't. You're lying. (laughs) Okay. I'm
0: going to stop it.